This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. This episode of The Know with Nikki Spo is brought to you by PillowCube. PillowCube is the best pillow for side sleepers and has become a necessity for me in achieving my most comfortable, restful sleep. Sleep is super important in my home, and I'm grateful to have a product like PillowCube to keep my head and neck in alignment all night long. Stay tuned for more info on PillowCube and check out why you should use my code NikkiSpo10 to purchase yours today. Welcome to the No Podcast with me, Nikki Spo. Hey, truth speakers, welcome to another episode of the No with me, Nikki Spo. I am really happy that you're here, and I am always so grateful for all of the notes you guys send me via DM about how these episodes touch your life or help you in some way, or even just help you feel less alone. That's what it's all about. I see the ratings and reviews, and that means a lot to me too. So keep them coming. Please leave a rating or review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And don't forget that I am now streaming all of my episodes on YouTube if you prefer to watch. Of course, you can leave your comments on there too. But really, truth speakers, I am thrilled to host today's guest, Jane Jordan Hunter. I met Jane when she reached out to me about trying her therapeutic audio tracks, which have been tremendously helpful to me for looking within. Jane is the co-founder of and CEO of Way, and Way provides incredible high-quality therapeutic audio tracks, and honestly, I have never experienced anything like this before. Basically, after a brief five-minute questionnaire getting to know you and what you need most out of your personal therapeutic experience, a script is sent to you that you can record yourself. Then in a day or two, you receive these gorgeous audio tracks that are your own voice. Jane is incredible. She is wise, insightful, and has so much perspective that she brings to my life. And I believe that she can bring to yours too. I'm honored to share space with her today and for you to get to know her and what she is all about. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. And I have been using my way tracks and to be honest, Oh, the timing of their arrival could not have been more appropriate for me. Seriously. Mm. I already clued everyone in to how amazing I think the product is, but I want you to tell us about it in your own words. So what is Way? Yeah, Way creates therapeutic audio tracks in your own voice, and they're highly customized to you and your needs. So we believe that 
you have everything that you need and we want to provide this therapeutic experience where you can be your own guide. How did you determine that there was a void in like the meditation space that you could fill in this capacity? Yeah. And one clarification is we, is we do identify, I think the thing that most people associate our tracks with is meditation. Um, but we kind of describe them as more of a therapeutic experience because it really does encompass a lot more than just mindfulness. But there is there are certain tracks that really ground into the techniques of mindfulness. Um, but this came way came about, um, I mean, really, it feels like it's been coming about my whole life, but I grew up singing. And that was the way that I self-soothed, which was, you know, so early on learning that you have within you, you know, different ways that you can regulate yourself and and finding that as a child even is is really amazing um cut to (laughs) meeting my husband and we were mid-pandemic we lived in new york for i lived there for eight years and was in in the wellness community there um and he was there for three years and we left when the pandemic hit and being in the pandemic i mean collectively we were all going through such an intense time um and we were alone and really struggling with how to regulate ourselves and how to process all the emotions that we were feeling in that time and so we originally created these tracks for each other i i created tracks for him in my voice because we realized like i i was really good at helping him tap into his anger and sadness which as men that can be something that you know is a point of just how how much permission does someone have to express their anger or sadness? And so I really helped him with that. And he was really good at helping me regulate and helping me with my fears and my insecurities. So we made these tracks for each other. Um, and they worked really, really well. Um, like we were incorporating these techniques that we had the privilege of, of learning throughout our adult life. Um, we've had access to some of the best mental and emotional health options. Um, and when you're in a therapy session, a lot of times the therapist will say, you know, use this technique the next time that you're feeling flooded by an emotion. Um, and in theory, that's, that's, that's really, you know, helpful. But um, once you are actually in that situation and you're having a panic attack or you're completely flooded by anger or, or in a conflict with a spouse or whatever your situation is, it's really difficult to pull on those techniques. So for us, it was about trying to create an experience where that was automated, that we could just turn something on when we were spiraling, when we were in that moment of need, and that helped us through that and and was layering all of these evidence-based techniques that help you regulate. Jane, I can't, man, there's like, this is me. Like this is a version of me. Like I'm listening to you share this and I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, I've been in years, years of therapy, right? Like I, I mean, everybody knows I talk about it very openly. Like I experienced a lot of trauma as a child and as a teen and as a young adult, which let's face it, like there's like that big T trauma and then there's the little T trauma and we all have it, whether that's the big T or the little T, like we all have our, our own, like most traumatic experiences, right? So that said, like I went into my own therapeutic healing situation from a very young age and I got to a point where it's like I could not 
there was like no way I could self-regulate to the point that like I would have my therapists on like speed dial or like they'd be the first person I text where I'm like, I'm melting down. And like, it has been, it was so difficult because I'm like, they're people too. They can't always answer the phone. What am I going to do when there's not someone else who can regulate me? Like, what do I do? I was coming, I was hitting a wall every single time and it was impossible. Like I, I can so relate to needing something outside of myself to, to regulate my big feelings. Like fast forward, that's where I began to abuse all types of substances, right? Because I needed something outside of myself to regulate myself. And I wanted to share a brief story that I think you may have experienced in your own therapy. I mean, you mentioned that you had access to like the best therapists and and that's really, I mean, what a blessing and what a, a gift. Privilege. And I mean, truly. Totally. Seriously. So one of the things that I did when I was entering my healing journey, specifically for some of like the really difficult things that I experienced in my childhood, um, I had a therapist walk me through like visualizing this, this memory, right? And then like talking to myself, like seeing like the adult Nikki talking to little Nikki and telling her how like how, how I observed things that she was okay, wrapping her in my arms, comforting her. So, I mean, this is like a seed being planted to like this much larger garden that you've, you're growing with way, right? Is being able to talk to that young version of yourself or like the inner child, right? That really needs comforting and, and support support and love and delicacy and care, right? To help self-regulate. And I think that's, you're tapping into something that is so very important. Totally. And thank you for saying that. And I so relate to that story. I think the thing that's coming up for me is, is just, yeah, want to reflect back. Like that was my experience. I had, I've like naming therapists I work with, Carrie Beebe. Um, I'm working with an incredible therapist in Boulder named Melissa Grace, um, our couples therapist, Rachel Kahn. But they're not always there. And it's really, you know, 11 p.m. when I'm having a panic attack, like I can't call them. They, like you said, they're human. <laughs> and so being able to have start practicing relying on yourself and having that experience be empowering instead of being a burden is just such a, a rich space of growth. And, and I think where we really see the most progress. Well, that, you know, you said like the self-reliance and have it being gratifying, like Mm. instead of it being, you know, there are so many things that it could be right for me. Like I know that like turning in, towards myself brings up a lot of shame, regret, um, like anger towards myself, right? Where I start to feel really down about myself. If I like, I have a ten, I personally have a tendency. And the reason why I share these, these, like these excerpts from myself is because I just, I know that I'm not alone in these experiences. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm done, I'm done sugarcoating the shit. Like I'm just, I'm done. With it. And so I know that when I turn to myself, sometimes I can go to a place of deep shame, remorse, like self-loathing that doesn't make me feel good. And like, then how do I even get out of that? You know? And so I think that's something that's key, like having self-reliance be very gratifying. I want that for myself. I want my self-reliance to be 
gratifying. Yeah. And, and even building on that, I mean, what we've seen, (laughs) I mean, the most common reaction we have to our product is I hate my own voice. Why would I want to hear my own voice? (laughs) Um, And what we've seen is both a combination of the research is there and that we hear our own voice very differently in our head, the way that it resonates out and then versus when we hear it on a recording. And so the first time that that happens, it's really jarring. It's like, that's, that's not how I sound. (laughs) Um, But what we've seen with the, the research that's been done is actually the more comfortable we get listening to ourselves, the more we grow to actually a preference to our own voice, which is just so beautiful. And like, like what you're saying, just kind of building that self-love. But another, another side of that is also this idea that, you know, when you hear your own voice, it's, I mean, you cannot hide from the layers of what is going on. It's like, you hear the vulnerability, you hear the anxieties, you hear, oh my gosh, like I'm still holding on to that thing that happened last night with my husband or, you know, whatever it is. And you hear all of that. But when you can turn that into a tool, instead of waiting for your voice to sound perfect, it's never going to sound perfect. I've been doing this for years, you know, listening to my, I mean, I mean, I've been doing this for decades, my own singing voice. And being able to sit with that, though, in my own speaking voice and just say, you know, I sit down one day and I listen and and it's like, oh, I hear, <laughs> you know, my fear and I hear uh, like the vulnerability underneath and just being okay with the fact that we have all of those things going on at once. And so not, you know, we always try and really hold space for the process for people because, our clients are incredibly courageous for doing this. I mean, it is really intense to sit with yourself. But what we have seen is when you do that daily, when you have a practice of being with yourself, suddenly what comes up is not so threatening or intense. This conversation is so good. But before we continue, I want to take a moment to talk about our sponsor, Pillow Cube. I have slept on my side for as long as I can remember, and I've never really done so comfortably. I usually find myself smashing my pillows, folding them, adding one on top of the other to find a seemingly mythical, quote, perfect formula for comfort, but I have yet to find it. That is why I am so freaking grateful to have found Pillow Cube. I haven't always been into the specifics of why I needed the perfect pillow, but now that I have a pillow cube, I realize how important it is for me to have my head and neck in alignment. It has been so helpful to the point that I have fewer headaches and I don't even think I realized I was having headaches. So pillow cube is the best pillow for side sleepers. Pillow Cube reduces headaches and neck pain by aligning the head, neck, and spine while you sleep. I came to learn that regular pillows don't actually fill the gap between your head and shoulders. So people like me fold their pillows in half and fluff them. And then within like 10 minutes, they flatten out, causing the neck to kink. Pillow Cube is supportive enough to hold your head up and soft enough to be comfortable. I have stopped constantly tossing and turning and can literally stay in the same position all night long. This has been unheard of for me. And the more people I talk to who are using Pillow Cube say the same thing. So this is not a mistake. This pillow is the best investment for your sleep if you are a side sleeper. And the cooling pillow is especially great for those people who sleep hot. I am excited to share my code with you. 
you can get 10% off of your Pillow Cube order by using my code NikkiSpo10. Head on over to PillowCube.com to get yours today. I wasn't born to be a podcaster. I didn't study journalism. I didn't study like how to interview people. I just like love talking to people and um, talking about like the real life nitty gritty stuff. So when I first started recording and I'd have to listen to the track, like the interview and have to edit it, it was excruciating. I was like, I hate this. I can't do this. Who the hell would want to listen to my voice? You know, but so after doing this, like multiple times a week for almost a year now, like by the time I received my way tracks from you, like one of the first questions is like, like, okay. And I don't know if it's like this for everybody, but the track that I received right from the script I received was like, Nikki, this is you. This is the sound of your voice. How do you feel? I'm going to tell you something. Okay. So how do you feel about hearing your voice? Right. That was like the question that's in the script and it's me saying it to myself. And I was like, I, I could, you know, I could cry saying this because I was like, I'm getting emotional about it. I was like, I heard myself, Jane, and I was like, oh my gosh, beautiful. There you are. There the fuck you are. I was like, there you are. I'm like, I fucking see you, Nikki. I see you. Oh my gosh, I'm here for you. You're here for me. We're here for each other. It was like, totally. Like, I get this like idea that we're so scared of hearing our own voice. It was like, for me, it was a breath of fresh air because I was like, oh, there the hell you are. There you are, girlfriend. There you are. I got you. I got you. And it was so like comforting. I couldn't, like, I couldn't even, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting to be like, okay, here's going to be my voice for the thousandth time that I hear my voice. And I like was so surprised to feel like in initially, like instinctively, like my initial response was love and gratitude. Thank you for sharing that. that. You know, you're, well, you're welcome because you need to know like the impact of what you're doing is so powerful. It really is. Thank you. Oh, that, that makes me emotional. And hearing you say that makes, makes me emotional because, you know, as women, like, I think that our emotions can feel, oh, what can they feel? I mean, they can feel volatile. They can feel destructive. They can feel like the, the deepest connection to ourselves, to spirit, to, whatever, you know, you believe in, like, and the fact that, yes, when we take time to just be with ourselves, like, that there's this, like, relaxation into like, oh, I, I mean, you articulate it so perfectly, I don't even need to, to, to articulate it differently. It's like, there she is, there I am, there, there is that place inside me that's balanced. And I think that's what's so important is when we're feeling these big emotions, there's nothing inherently wrong about any emotion on the spectrum. It's like, you know, we so often want, you know, anger and fear and, and sadness and grief to just go away. It's like, how can we cultivate more positive emotions and just make those ones go away? But it's like all of these emotions, anger is such an indicator of, of boundaries and where we need to really look at our boundaries grief is where we need to let go where we what we need to let go of what we need to move on from anxiety and fear is just focusing us what is important what needs our attention um and so when we start to actually honor these emotions and and it's you know what we all have that moment it's like i'm triggered i'm i'm feeling really 
activated right now. I feel like my anger is getting the best of me. When we can just take a pause and go sit with ourselves, be with yourself in that compassionate state and look like, hmm, like I'm having anger come up. What is that signaling for me? Like what actually are there boundaries that I need to look at? You know, what, where am I not, you know, softening? Where could I soften more? Is there, is it, is there anything underneath the anger? A lot of times, like I, especially with my husband, bless him. Like he, he's just an angel. Um, but I, I mean, I fire so aggressively at him with anger and it's masking all of this like fear and insecurity. And when I can be with that and be like, okay, Jane, just like soften what is underneath all of that aggression and anger. It's just like deep vulnerability and insecurity. And if I bring that forward, like, oh, then, then we can actually connect. So, I mean, I, I have a lot of anger myself. You know, like, <laughs> yes. and, you know, As we tricky, I know. But, and the tricky thing about anger is like, for me personally, is like, I feel very justified in my anger, right? I'm like, I have legitimate reasons to be angry, right? Like this is a boundary that has been crossed and I am not allowing it. it makes me upset. I am mad that this, this boundary has been, you know, passed through. I don't like it. And like, again, I come back to like shame. I'm like, I feel ashamed for being angry. And if I could just like turn and switch that into be like really thinking about what boundary it's highlighting for me and maybe find a way to communicate that better in a softer, more vulnerable space. I think it would serve me better. And I will tell you what, my husband will be the first person to tell you that I have anger. I have a lot of anger, right? Like go a little bit deeper in this. Why do you think it's so difficult for like women specifically? Because you mentioned that it's women have a hard time with it. Why? Yeah. And and just want to honor that everyone has a hard time with different things. I just think that, um, I mean, I do think that there's, there's these messages in society that we pick up from such a young age that, um, being aggressive and being angry is not what a little girl should be. Or, um, you know, when we are that way, it's like, Oh, she's intense. She's Mm. like too intense. Oh my gosh. I'm intense. Yeah, totally. And it's like, (laughs) you know, and, and maybe we are like, maybe we're a little intense, which is great. It adds to our spiciness. <laughs> I feel compassion for like how much we've taken on from society around just like being too much and, and constantly having, it's like, she's too much of this. She's too much of that. Oh, she cried. She's too weak. She, you know, and it's just like, ah, can we like be in our strength with all of these different colors? But, but it's like, the goal is not to be perfect and to always react perfectly, you know, and that's what, you know, our couples therapist constantly reminds us of. It's, you're never going to get to a point where you don't react or you are, you know, so balanced in, in how you respond to everything. It's like, no, sometimes you're going to be flying off the rails and sometimes, and it's just, having the awareness of when that's happening and being like, okay, (laughs) like I need to take more time with myself and like, look at what's coming up. And I always remind my husband, I'm like, maybe when we have conflict, it's highlighting something that we should just look at. And like, I'm not perfect in our relationship, but he, you know, wants to eradicate all conflict. (laughs) And I'm like, there is a reason why it's there. It's like, it's bringing something to the surface that we can both be with. And it's, Oh, uncomfortable. It is yucky. Like we hate being in that point of just like, 
uh, you know, when you have anxiety coming up in you, it's like, can I just get this out of me as, as soon as possible so that I can get back to being confident, amazing, perfect self? It's like, what about if we just be with all of the things that are coming up? And then like, that is, I think when we can truly come from that balanced place that we're all desiring. Um, I have really brought that to the forefront of my life with my abstinence from alcohol, right? Because like you said, I just want to take away the negative feeling, right? I just want to take away. Um, and people, I say this all the time and I'm never going to stop saying it. So whoever's listening, I'm not going to stop saying it. We do this in so many ways, right? Like whether it's eating or shopping or working out, like even some of like the positive things, the quote, positive things that we do for ourselves, right? Like overindulgence of self-care, right? Really wanting to, or not even wanting to, because I don't know that I want to sit with the ugly feelings, you know, having the capacity to sit with the ugly feelings and still like hold yourself in a safe space, you know? And I think that's part of what what way is doing for people. And I also, you know, I wanted to, I want to touch on this. Like, it's not something that I'm, don't, I don't think I will ever get into this space where I, I do this, but I do fantasize about it. But I read that you do psych, have done or have been into psychedelics. And I'm like, so curious about what that has been like for people. Like, I don't, I personally don't know that I will ever step into that space and no judgment, but I'm, I'm like so fascinated by it. It's been such a, powerful experience in my life. Um, I think that oftentimes it's really hard to dissociate a healing therapeutic psychedelic experience from, you know, what we've seen in maybe like rave culture or euphoria. um, Yes, totally. All of that. And it's like, or just grouping it into, you know, drugs and what we're seeing with the research specifically is that when these medicines are used in a therapeutic context, it can be incredibly healing. You know, what we're seeing with MDMA is just the the self-love and the compassion that can take place. And we're seeing, you know, such beautiful work with PTSD. Um, Psilocybin being one that can really help you to explore parts of yourself, your connection to the world, to other people, to consciousness. Um, And so it's, yeah, I mean, just leaning into kind of my own personal experience has been really it being another tool. And again, I, I try and always, when I talk about psychedelics, I think that the psychedelic movement, this language around like, it's for everyone. Everyone should do psychedelics. It's like, that is just not honoring what this is, which is a very intense healing experience. And that is not right for everyone. My experience is that they are another tool that is really beautiful and beneficial for people, but definitely like tread into it with the curiosity that you have and and an honoring of your genetic makeup, an honoring of your history, and then be sure to be in connection with somebody who really understands these modalities and the, these medicines. Um, and then I think that's when like really there can be a beautiful healing transformation. 
really mm-hmm. what we're what we're looking at is the confronting nature of it here mm-hmm. and how we can bring that into our lives in other in other capacities. Yeah. And circling back to something that you said, um, and I just, just honoring like how honest you are with, with your past with addiction and like just grateful that you share so openly about it because we've all struggled with different things and coping that maybe isn't the healthiest coping way, you know, way that we can find. Um, but you know, what we've seen with using tracks or, or any of these healing experiences is that, when we can turn towards the discomfort and be with it, and I'm telling you, it doesn't always feel good. But when we can do that, that's when we truly can start to separate like, oh, when I was reaching for food or alcohol or or just, you know, numbness, like when I just numbed out and, and checked out of my relationship, that was coping. That was me trying to cope. And when instead we can do this practice. And I I think what I always try and encourage for people is, is a daily practice because, you know, (laughs) I'm telling you when your anger is at a 10 out of 10, or when you're totally afraid and it's a 10 out of 10, it is going to be so much easier in that moment. If you don't have a practice of turning towards the discomfort to reach for X, Y, Z thing. It's so much easier. But when you can sit with yourself every day and just check in and be like, oh, like, oh, that feels yucky. <laughs> or, oh, that that's intense. Or, oh, wow, like today I just feel totally confident and amazing. Like all these different colors, like when we can be with all of that, then when it's the 10 out of 10, it's you have a reference of when you were in discomfort and being with that. And then it's not so much like, I feel the discomfort. I need to eradicate it immediately. It's like, no, I know this, which is like, it feels kind of shitty. It feels really shitty, but I know that if I just be with it for a second, that it's going to pass. That's all emotions are. It's just like a wave of energy. And when we can just be in that wave of energy and realize that it's going to pass. And when, you know, especially like in, in your tracks, like when you are holding yourself in that experience it's just like, oh, yes, like I can move through this, I can be with it, and then I can come out on the other side. And I didn't have to like, reach for XYZ thing to cope. Yes. Um, What I'm hearing is like, we can move away from a flight or fight or fight or flight Mm -hmm. reaction and move into a space of presence right? Of, of staying and sitting Mm. and experiencing and paying Mm. attention and awareness. Yes, totally. Like, and it's not that, again, I always try and emphasize like the end point is not that you're going to be this all, (laughs) all knowing Buddha of like, let me not react to anything you're going to react like, and you're going, we have those reactions for a reason, the fight, flight, freeze, like those are serving us. But yes, when we can bring more awareness around them, like, you know, when I'm, again, I'll just use this example, because I feel like everyone can relate, even if you don't have a spouse, you can relate and being in conflict with someone. But it's like, when I'm in conflict, it's like, I just want to fight, like, I want to just be aggressive and be intense. And it's like, if I bring awareness, that it's like, oh, my fight, my fight response is coming up. Like, what does that tell me about myself? It tells me that like, there's something big happening right here. And maybe I need to sit with myself for a minute and like actually understand what's going on and then come back and, and like 
be with that balanced place in ourselves. But yeah, it's it's definitely not that you're not going to have that reaction. It's just that you're aware of when it's happening and that you have these tools around you that help you navigate it in in a way that feels better. So one of the things that you mentioned was you like we had been talking about coping. And one of the things that I think that a lot of us do, especially in this day and age, is cope with um, numbing ourselves with social media, right? And you have chosen to keep your business off of social media, you know, and that's pretty unheard of in a world where like every single entrepreneur and every single multi-million dollar business, billion dollar business is like self-promoting and not only just self-promoting on social media, but also creating community on social media, right? Like they're, I think that some business are being intentional about like creating that community in social media, but what made you decide we're going to be off? Our mission is to create a space where you can be with yourself. And the both the beauty and the challenge of social media and the internet period is that it connects us outwards. And that can be really intense. <laughs> um, and so for us, it was really about being in integrity with our mission and realizing that we cannot create a safe, autonomous space for someone when we're also pulling them into this world of connection and dysregulation, depending on the day that you're <laughs> entering that space. And so, yeah, it just it just became very clear. Like, if we really want to honor that, um, that we have to, you know, draw a line in the sand, and it has to be about creating this space for people to be with themselves because it's it's such a delicate space to be and if we're then like pulling people into community and pulling people out it's like it really disrupts what that experience is which is like needing to be quiet in connection with self and so like everything that we do honors trying to connect that like even from a product standpoint, like we're not visual, like the product is not visual at all. And a lot of times, like I'll go into um, some of these apps, I mean, both in you know, the meditation space and the therapeutic space and the psychedelic space, like these apps that are creating a very visual experience. Um, and that is taking me out of myself. <laughs> like, like that's taking me out into like a weird, you know, digital experience that doesn't feel like it's honoring my inner world, you know, and what what's going on internally for me. And so for us, it's really been been just anchoring to audio and how beautiful and held that experience can be when you are just with yourself. But that music is such an important part of it as well, because music is so emotional. And that's my husband and my's background is in music. And so that was such a key component of it. It was layering the voice with music in a way that really helped take you deeper and take you deeper in an arc. You know, it's not like just straight out of the hatchet, you're like going 10 layers deep. It's, you know, trying to take you on a journey that guides you deeper and deeper and deeper. It's like the first things that are said in your script are not you know, 10 layers deep, that's, that's going to be too intense. <laughs> it's like, first you start with the breath and then you move into just sensation and what's in the body. And then you move into these deeper therapeutic techniques that are really peeling back the layers on what's going on. Just because we were talking about it, since you're not on social media, where do people find you? 
Oh, I know. I was I was having a business conversation the other day, and um, they were like, "We couldn't find you online." <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, uh, experienceway.com, and it's experienceway.com, and that's where you can find us. Um, I mean, you can personally reach out to me, Jane, at experienceway.com. I'd much prefer our conversation over you looking at me on the internet, <laughs> um, just because I think there's this like. I don't know. I, I, again, I was in New York. I lived that life. I built a community on social media. I know what that experience is. Um, and that's just such a deviation from where we're at with way this experience of like building community, being very outward. Like I was in the Broadway industry. I had a presence with that and, and that felt great, but I don't know. Again, I think just shifting into our mission with way, it just doesn't feel in integrity to be like blasting out, you know, I, I get like, there's even this tension I feel about even putting information about like my husband and I, the founders on the website. Cause again, like we just want the experience to feel as if like you created this for yourself and that it's like just this held experience where you can be with yourself. And so we're constantly in tension about like, <laughs> about what to, you know, how, how much to share about ourselves, which is helpful in some regards. Cause like, you know, we, the, the way in which way came about is, is a beautiful story, but that just honoring like what this is, which is, this isn't about me. It's about you. And that was the the reasoning for the name. You know, it's everyone has a different way of being with themselves. And if we can create individual experiences of what that is and help people to be with themselves, like that's when the magic happens. It's not about like us imparting ourselves on your experience. And that's what's so beautiful. It's like, I love listening to the tracks. Like I still love editing the tracks and listening to them back because they take on a life of their own with each person, which is just so cool to me. And like the most fulfilling thing of what we've created is just the fact that it, it takes on a different color with everyone. It's like your tracks sound so different than my tracks sound so different than my husband's tracks, you know, and it's just in the way in which we use them. Well, what I'm really getting from what you're saying is that you guys are facilitators, right? Like mm. you are facilitating mm. Thank like, you. the ability for people to be with themselves, mm. right? Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. I yeah. get that. I get mm. that. So Jane, what does self-love mean to you? Just honoring wherever you are. Like, I think that that's true self-love. I think when we, um, it's so hard to, to be with kind of all the different things that are coming up in us at any given moment. Like even when we started this conversation, I was like, Nikki, I'm kind of nervous. (laughs) And like, just being with that, being like, okay, like, let's just love on that part of Jane that is being nervous right now, or, you know, whatever those vulnerabilities are. But like, I don't know. I think that is the, for me, that's the true definition of self-love is just like being with all of it. Like, do I want to cry right now? Do I want to shout right now? Do I want to just like be silent? Like, that's awkward. Do I want to be silent? (laughs) You know, and just like, ah, loving all of that. That's what feels good to me. Jane, thank you so much. You're such a light. I'm honored to share space with you and I can't wait to bring this conversation to our listeners. I'm so, I'm so thank grateful. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you so much. This is so meaningful.
Big thank you to our sponsor, PillowCube, for presenting today's episode of the Know with Nikki Spo. Head on over to PillowCube.com and use my code NikkiSpo10 for 10% off of your next PillowCube purchase. If you are a side sleeper, this is the pillow for you. I can't wait for you to try it. Don't forget to use my code NikkiSpo10 for your 10% discount. Thank you so much for listening to The Know. If you loved this episode, go ahead and share it with a friend. Words are so powerful and someone may need to hear what we covered today. And if you really loved this episode, please take a moment to rate the show and leave a review. Your comments are so important and valued and they give other listeners insight on what to expect on The Know. You can connect with me personally via Instagram at Nikki Sap Spo and The Know with Nikki Spo. My hope for you today is that you are fearless in looking inward so that you can be your highest, most authentic self and go after the life of your dreams. Mm-hmm.